Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive, our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. We love it when you join us as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float and on artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures from every episode, all that good stuff. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dylan. I own The Float Shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra. I'm joined with Amy Grimes of Float Nashville. And tonight we have Kim Hannon joining us as well. And of course, Brian Van Pesky, producer of the show, is on in the background. I want to give a couple thanks. Uh, first, Alicia Emsley and Michelle, thank you guys so much for your support on Patreon. It means a lot to us. And uh, you'll be getting picture sets every month uh, in your inbox. Thank you so much. Before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to Float Helm. Float Helm is the software designed for float centers, specifically uh, for scheduling. Even if you're doing those around the clock floats, uh, that go from, I don't know, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. because you're just that into floating and you have the community that can support it, FloatHelm could support you. They built FloatHelm because all the other scheduling softwares weren't able to do the, uh, um, some might say, insane things that uh, us float center owners oftentimes want to provide for our clients. And so one of those things is going past midnight and it not breaking the software and confusing your clients. But beyond that, you can book floats, saunas, massage, acupuncture, and track your metrics for your float tanks, create a running logbook discussion with all of your employees about what's going on in your float center. Float center. It's used by over 90 different float centers and has an incredibly high retention rate. Floathelm.com is where you want to go to not only check out what Floathelm can do for you, but also schedule a free tour. Again, Floathelm.com is where you want to go. Wow, we are back. It feels like it's been forever. I think it's only been two weeks, but when you when you record every single week, it feels like eternity. Amy, it's so good to see you. How are you this evening? I am doing fantastic. Oh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's been a two very busy weeks that almost mm-hmm. makes it feel like like nothing. But I do oh. love to see your face. I do love <laughs> to see your face. Uh, and uh, yeah, everything's good. We actually had our, our grand opening. We had a ribbon cutting. I mean, a lot yeah. has happened since we since we talked last. So lots going on. Cool. And, and is it still um, kombucha heavy focus? And that's where yeah. most of your business is. How are the floats doing? How's that? I know it's going to be gradual, but how's the process? Right. Yeah, we definitely have a long runway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just put it that way, shall we? Uh, and uh, I have faith that eventually it, it's going to uh, going to work, but uh, it's definitely slow. And so, yeah, that's definitely put my focus a little bit more on the kombucha, which in some ways has been a really fun project. So we do have some interest in brand and not branding, I'm sorry, in distribution of our kombucha. But in huh. order to do that distribution, they really want a solid brand. So I just took on, you know, another project in my spare time, branding, uh, working with a, a branding company to brand this kombucha and some of the product line that we have coming out. So. You know, that kind of stuff is, is fun. It's a little stressful for me, but it's a lot of fun to to work with some people on creating a brand. It reminds me of mm-hmm. what we did when we went through with our with our float center. And mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot. It's been good. It's stressful because of like how much weight there is to like this is all on you to create an identity <laughs> <Yeah>. of your <laughs> It is. It, well, yeah, definitely that. Uh, you know, I, I got it kind of another project dumped on me. But that said, what's really stressful for me, you know, it's really important that we know what we're good at and what we're not good at. And what I am not good at is I know what I want to see, but I'm not good at seeing the actual visuals. So I... I'm stressing, you know, trying to explain what I want oh, and trying to funny. help them to understand, and it's not an easy task for me. Yeah. The great thing is, is we're working with a wonderful company. This branding process is probably more thorough than I've ever done before, and uh, it's like I said, I'm learning so so much. But it's still, you know, it feels so final. It's like, oh, it's the brand, and then I'm stuck with it forever and ever and ever, and mm-hmm. you know, it just feels, it feels big. It's not. That's all in my brain. But it feels big, and it, it adds a little of that that uh, stress. I mean, your brand, your logo, I mean, that, that means a lot. I, I don't know. It does, but, you know, brands do change over time. Oh, yes. It's ne- mm-hmm. they're, all, they're never static. And if sure. they are, then 
that's probably an indication the company may not be doing so great. Yeah. So you know, there's always room to to move with the colors to right, to right. enhance to Evolve, yeah. yeah. So it, it's not as finite as it as, as it seems, but um, but yeah, this is even though it's it's a lot of fun for for a lot of other people like the mood board. Oh my gosh, the mood board. So we did the mood board this last week and they yeah. sent a mood board to me and I was supposed to, you know, critique it and put things in. I'm like, "Oh my god, there's pictures that I don't know and and it, I don't know what it's supposed to look like." And so I spent hours and hours and hours writing these responses and trying to make them oh understand and god. and I took I took the mood so board funny. and I went into PicMonkey and I'm like circling things and like putting little arrows and saying, "Love this." Not so uh, sure about this. Uh, you know, you we know, are so crazy. opposite sometimes. It is amazing. <laughs> like you but, and Brian, Brian yeah. would be doing the exact yeah. same thing. Uh, when I'm working with Sandra, <laughs> like I'll just, my, my head is right over her shoulder and I love telling her what to do. No, different font. This, that, move it there. This is the color I want. This is the feeling <laughs> I'm going for. I thrive on that so much. And we work really well together, by the way. She's not like she, she, doesn't like that but it, that's so funny like it feels so easy and casual to me yeah. <laughs> and there's like no uh... I, I'm not a graphics person and I mm. never will be and it's because this so that stuff is very very stressful to me I'm great at strategy I'm good at numbers yes, you are. Mm -hmm. visually mm, not my strong point but I did recreate the mood board three times <laughs> Damn, Amy. Damn. Yeah, but but great. You know, I felt good about it at the end. It just took more time than I anticipated. <laughs> I, so you know, it, it's and it's like I said, it's a learning process, and I feel really good about the people that I'm working with, and they're very intuitive, and I, I'm enjoying it to a degree. But you know, we're all running float centers. You know how it is. You. You have a lot on your plate. There's a lot going on. So anytime you're spending extra time where you didn't intend to, something else gets, you know, uh, some time stolen from it. So I can can't relate bit. at all, Amy. Not oh, yeah. at this all. This never happens to God. you, does it? Oh, man. Today, I felt so <laughs> bad about myself. <laughs> I had such a downer of a day. I, I will say I've been experiencing some sleep deprivation. Uh, the baby girl's been having some sleep regressions. But uh, I... Um, Tuesday is, is my work day. It's my day to go in and and uh, knock out a few tasks. And yeah, we, we have the float center. We have massage, acupuncture, and the space next door. And there's a renter over there in what we call the community space. And I, um, well, first I missed my haircut. Uh, so Ooh. obviously, strike one for just like how I feel. <laughs> how, do you, how, my, do you, how will you survive? How feel, it's only based, the, the first wave of feeling good for me is based on my aesthetic, as anybody knows. Not true at all. That's the guy who never showers and wears the same clothes every day. Not true. Um, but, uh, which is great for podcasting, by the way. But uh, um, went in with some quick things to do because we were launching a sale and it just ended up taking all day. And I ended up feeling like I left, let a bunch of other people down by not doing uh, things for renters out of the community space and things for the float shop uh, that our manager, Emily, wanted looked at. And by the time I left, I just felt like a big loser because... Um, more was needed of me and they're just tasks that still need work and it's just uh tough sometimes right like just sure. small business running multiple businesses all that good stuff but i will tell you that i got your email with your sale in it it looks great oh, you great. did a fantastic job okay cool uh thank you <laughs> thanks <laughs> so you did something really really good today uh, i appreciate that and you know that is one thing we're getting a little bit better at uh, I guess we've been open almost seven years now. It's about time we were better at this. Uh, you know, you can understand the things in your head mm -hmm. so well, but the implementation, I think, really trips people up a, lo a lot of the time. And what we've been doing is, um, well, first of all, we want, it, we want to have an annual sale that has meaning to it, but we also don't want to have something that discounts too much or beats membership pricing and stuff like that. So. Uh, instead of trying to get in the mix of holiday sales, we wanted to do something a little bit earlier. And we thought back to school time would be the right time to launch a, uh, like, not membership sale, not packages, just floats, just discount floats, 35% off, and just blow up people's inboxes and social media about it uh, to, to go check it out. So that was our plan. and. You know, it launched today, so we'll see how that actually, how the implementation goes, and we will adjust uh, from there based on, on what we see. I will say, just 
Uh, looking at our finances today, we, we hit the refresh button a couple times today to see how the numbers are doing, and it looks really good. So as far as just like this, the actual sales numbers go, uh, it looks great. So I'm, I'm, we're pleased with that uh, right out of the gate. Uh, but in addition to that, we're launching a few other things to um, better manage our business. We, we've been doing a few things in the background. Sorry, I keep, keep backing up here. But uh, we've been going through uh, things to reduce costs, and we've been going through things to increase revenue. And uh, one of the things to increase revenue is better Facebook marketing. And so we, we're implementing some things that we've been aware of for some time, such as uh, general awareness campaigns that kind of start the um, funnel of people into actually making a purchase and sometimes they go to a blog post that we do, doesn't even belong to us but it just educates people on the concept of a float but then you know pixel and uh, Facebook and Facebook pixels are, are tracking that uh, who those people are so that they might be ready for the next filter which would mean um, they go from just an awareness campaign to maybe you should read a blog post on our website or check out our website. And then uh, we uh, just have these different campaigns that we've been launching, including today launching, to funnel people into visiting the shop and really putting attention on that and refining our processes on that, as opposed to, I think what's really common is just, oh, we need sales put out a Facebook ad or uh, make make a sale to get people in. So we have these kind of evergreen ads and these longer term plans to, to funnel people into the float shop, which I think is uh, really well designed by uh, Facebook to do just that. I mean, they, they make it really um, possible for businesses to take advantage of that. The downside is it's really cumbersome, right? Like the Facebook, I mean, like there's just all sorts of dials and tabs and gizmos to mess around with and it can be really confusing and I think that's the reason why a lot of people don't uh, play with it but uh, once you do start getting in there if you can get somebody to hold your hand what, what have you uh, really useful stuff in there so um, I should have been feeling better about myself because that's all the stuff that we launched today or a lot of that is what we launched today uh, but of course I started feeling bad about the other things that I didn't get done so excited about that and excited to see uh, over time the results of this, including our sale. We have uh, sale ads out as well. And with all that stuff, we're doing uh, A-B testing. I know you're a fan of A-B testing. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, Facebook makes it really easy and you see which one is more successful. And then uh, it, you can pretty quickly go, okay, this is more successful than that. Well, now I'm gonna swap in this one and see if this one does even better or, or fails. And you just, almost like a reality TV show, you just kind of keep competing against each other. And, and uh, ideally they, you know, it performs better and better. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that is what we've been up to recently. Busy. In addition to, I'm sure a million more things. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Are you yeah. doing any lead ads or is it mostly like engagements and, uh, and that sort of thing? Yeah, I, that's one of the one of the things we're testing. I think it's we're the lead ad. doing okay. A, B, and C testing on lead ads at the moment. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, I love those. They're very cumbersome. They're a pain in the butt to put together. <laughs> I really, really yes. like them. Really You're like absolutely them. right. Uh, <laughs> yep. We could just leave it right there if you like, or we could spend another 40 minutes nope, talking nope, about it. We're not, not going there tonight. Not, okay. not tonight, my friend. <laughs> Whole other episode. Yeah. Which actually sounds like a great, great topic idea. <laughs> uh, should we bring Kim on? Yeah, absolutely. Kim Hannon, welcome Hello. to the show. How are you? Thanks. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I slept <laughs> last night, so um, you're doing better overall, than us. I'm. I'm doing better than you. Yeah. <laughs> Not to brag, but <laughs> <laughs> when that constitutes bragging, oh boy, we, we hit a low. <laughs> Well, it's only it's only fair. Um, over the weekend, we uh, lost a little bit of sleep when our center flooded, and uh, you know we're still under construction. So it it was truly a blessing in disguise that we weren't a little bit further a few days along, and it would have made a really big difference because our flooring was scheduled to be done on Monday, um, and we flooded with a sewer backup on oh. Saturday night. Um, so unfortunately that, you know, threw us all behind schedule, uh, pushed us back probably another week or two. Um, but I'm just glad that it wasn't our pristine new floors mm -hmm. that we're trying to dry and set. Um, but so that night we didn't get much sleep, um, but I did last night. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. One of us. One yeah. of us. Cool. You know and what it's so like. It begins. And so it begins. It begins. Totally. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I truly feel like I'm in good company. <laughs> and, and you own Sukino Floats, or Sukino Float. Yes. Sukino Float Center in uh, southern Indiana. We are uh, just across the bridge from Louisville, Kentucky. How many float tanks are you going to have? We will have three and a salt cave. Excellent. Mixing it up a little bit. So this evening, we wanted you to ask a very specific question that you already asked in the Float Collective. And I saw your question and I went, I don't have time to write down all of my thoughts about this. So why not just take advantage of this podcast? Yes. Do you want to share what that question is? Yeah, um, right now, you know, we're we're in the process of updating all of our software, getting all of our final packaging, getting everything loaded and ready to go live, um, hopefully opening in about a month. And so we're fine tuning all of the details. And part of that, um, I'm planning ahead to do some events and special workshops and things. And um, a lot of them are events that I had historically uh, taught in a yoga studio where I, I teach and will continue to teach, but I really like to bring that into the float world um, you know, mindfulness and meditation workshops and such. But, uh, you know, the, obviously we have our challenges of trying to keep the place quiet um, and trying to figure out what the best way to host special events would be. Um, so I threw the question out to the Float Collective to see how people handle this. Do they host special events on the days that um, their center is closed for maintenance, if they are closed? Um, do they just work around the schedule? Do they block off float sessions and um, just block out that times so that people can't come in? Um, so I'd love to hear from you all too, you know, how you handle that um, for special events or if you even do it. I know a lot of centers really to just kind of stick to, we're here to float and that's it. So, I, you know, I love hearing all of those different perspectives. Excellent, because I'd love to share them. <laughs> uh, but before I start ranting, Amy, do you have any initial thoughts on this? Well, you know, I'm so glad that she brought it up today. This could not be better times oh, wow. because okay. we had our first little tiny event. Just start, we had two of them, a little test event just this weekend to kind of get a feel for what we can do and what we can't do. And we've had several people now approach us about doing some other events. So I do have some thoughts on this. And I think a lot of it, uh, well, the first thing you said is, you know, sound carrying is a big problem or is a bit or is at least a big concern and i'm realizing how much that is going to impact events and seeing that perhaps it won't be the grand plan that i originally <laughs> had which you know i knew it was gonna you know these things get dashed all the time <laughs> in construction and float centers so you know it's just the way it is but um we had our first event on on um saturday Nope, I'm sorry. I take that back. Sunday afternoon in our tap room. So if you've not seen our facility, uh, it is one large building, uh, but the tap room kind of sits to one end, even though it, it's connected by a small lounge to the to the main area where all the services are performed. And found out pretty early, despite the fact that I was told this would not happen, of course I was, um, that noise carries from the tap huh. room, and you can hear it very easily. Very easily on the other side of the building. In fact, I would sit in my office, which is the complete opposite wall of the tap room, and I could hear conversations with Mark, especially a male voice, a deeper voice. So all of a sudden I realized this might wow. be an issue. Our first event was specifically a very quiet one. We had a paint and chill. We had someone come in and guide us through painting a picture. Um, I provided some kombucha. We played some music. Um, I gave some extra coupons had some sales for the for the participants and i limited it to 15 people we ended up having 10 people in the event that nice chill event was lovely and perfect the only thing that i had going on was you we have people sitting all over our tap room we have extra tables up when people came in to purchase uh, kombucha we realized fairly quickly we had to have someone standing behind the bar to make eye contact and kind of wave them in letting them know that it's perfect they're not interrupting anything that's perfectly fine to step on through and we realized that could be an awkward situation for some people because we don't have a separate space for events right 
Um, now, Dylan, you do have a separate space. When, when you do events, when you hold oh yeah, facil- facilitated meetings, what does that look like for you? Yeah, that is no longer the case. So we have rented out that space. So we used to ah. have, a, you know, we did our own yoga. And so we could say, you know, this space is open for three hours for a big party. And that was awesome. That was really cool. That's no longer the case. So anything that we do needs to be inside the shop. And we've done um, like meditation classes in there. But what it does mean, depending on your float center, is that it's right in your lobby. So mm-hmm. people are walking into somebody talking, you know, like mm-hmm. a, about meditation or something. And it could just have this little weird, I'm walking into a business to do this thing. You create this environment that's very specific for you to have like uh, a calm, safe space for you to, for, for us to like soak your feet and, and relax and almost start your float before you begin. And instead you've got 10 people uh, quietly staring at one person <laughs> who's talking about breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth or some, something to that effect. And uh, that's a little bit different. And then where do they sit? What What's their interaction with that? That generally rubbed me the wrong way for um, just like the main thing of what we're doing is trying to provide this experience for our customers, but then also we were wedging this in and it's impacting those customers. For me, it was kind of a strike against it. Uh, With that being said, I think depending, like you said, like uh, if you're expecting me to have a community space next door, that's very different. You can completely create a different environment for that. Um, Yes. Uh, which, Which, as a quick aside, we also sublet out our space next door which meant sometimes very odd people ended up renting it and then would go into our business before going over there and just their energy would really uh, disrupt the feel in our space which sounds really odd but uh, was was very true were you, were you gonna say something there, Amy? yeah I was gonna I was gonna say so this is something that's very interesting when you're saying they come into you know it's almost on the same uh, levels what I was saying where you know if someone walks in it can be very awkward it can be that very mm-hmm. awkward moment mm-hmm. um, and I understand what you're saying too um, we did talk about can we rent out because we have a very large mm-hmm. uh, relaxation lounge and that's not the only rest space we have we have all these nooks and crannies everywhere there's like three different lounges for the overflow from the the tap room um, but you know, we, we decided against that mostly because it's where it's situated. Noise can creep out yeah. of there and go back into the tank room. Yeah. Um, we chose the tap room. And this is something that I'm, I'm going back and forth. You know, you're talking about your clients are coming in and it's their relaxation area. And where do they go? They might feel a little bit awkward. They're coming pre or post float. Um, that's one thing that I, I think about with the tap room. You know, people don't come in there to relax. They're coming in there to purchase something and leave. We don't have a huge, we're having more now, but we don't have a huge amount of people that stick around and hang out. Mm-hmm. They're coming in, they're buying their booch <laughs> and they're hightailing it out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so even though it was odd and I was concerned cause you could see people hesitate. They'd like stop at the door, they'd kind of look in. Um, and that's when we realized we're gonna have to do something to encourage them to walk in. I right. didn't feel as bad about that as I, I would, I would. I didn't have as many issues with that as I would if I were they were in my relaxation area. Then I'd start to think, I don't know if that would would that work. Is that something that you do often? Is this um, is this something that you plan on a regular basis for for your space? Do you have regular uh, sessions or or events in your in your lobby area? Are you asking me or Kim? Yeah, sorry, Dylan. Oh, yeah, I was oh, just I'm curious, sorry. like how often that happens. And, oh, not and anymore. And how you deal with it. Oh, not anymore at all. <laughs> you, you, you stopped that. Yeah. That was just I, not something you're. I, I don't want to paint this as something that you yeah. absolutely shouldn't do, but I think there are a lot yeah. of things that you should weigh in on. And one of them for, for us was just that it yeah. felt like it just wasn't enough space to properly accommodate both uh, types of people. Gotcha. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I also will say, you know, I think um, part of the question is, do you do it on days that you're closed as well? That's possible. Um, if you're closed two days a week, that's very possible. If you're closed one day a week, you've also got people running around, sweating, trying to get your float center clean, pumps are running, doors are opening and closing, which could potentially be disruptive. All of this depends on the layout of your center, the size and the, the planning that you've put into it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Kim, how are we doing so far? Are these answering oh. or bringing up some... 
Yeah, um, it brings up a lot of thoughts because uh, my space also doesn't have any dedicated, like, big room that we can use. Um, I mean, if you think about it, it's essentially a shotgun. Um, we've got almost 2,000 square feet, um, but whenever you walk in, um, pretty much every square foot is, is taken up. Um, when you walk into mm -hmm. the space, you're in a small reception area where we are not even going to have chairs. We originally thought we would have some, <laughs> you know, chairs there, but yeah. we're going to have a reception desk to greet people. Um, right behind that desk is our office and there's a small hallway and so that office is placed there to basically help um, you know combat some of the noise um, yeah. from the front door into the float rooms and the lounge itself mm -hmm. so just behind that office is our lounge that's the only open space that we have but we have a really great challenge there because directly across from our lounge is our first float room directly across it um, across from there and so um, we know that we have to be really careful with that room yeah um, like really, really careful. We've soundproofed the heck out of the place, um, but there's still a lot of potential for sound to carry in there. And then just past that, we have you know our prep room, laundry room, and restroom all um, down the left side of the building, but float rooms two and three are on the right side of the building. And there's a little hallway um, that separates float rooms one and two, and that hallway is a side entrance that goes up to the upstairs of the, the entire building. Um, so there's potential that we have clients coming in a side door and we do expect that we will have people who are coming from the yoga sessions upstairs or from acupuncture or massage or whatever else is happening in the building and um, that they come down and come into our space and then they have to go around split room one through the lounge to get to our reception. Um, and tucked away behind split room one is a salt cave. It's, uh, okay. It was an old storage building, but that room itself is really well insulated um and super quiet it's just concrete blocks cool. i mean it's like a bunker nice. in there <laughs> um and so we are of course soundproofing as much as we can through the ceiling um but what we're thinking you know we, we kind of have two options is one we're hosting events in our lounge space which is not huge you know we'll have room for a sofa and some side chairs we can probably pull up some folding chairs or stacking chairs just to add a little bit more space if we wanted to get maybe 10 to 12 people in um, but in our salt cave, we aren't really sure exactly how many seats we're going to have just yet. Um, it's a rather creative, interesting design that's still evolving. Um, our goal is at least five, but we could cool. have potentially eight, okay. um, depending on how creative we get with some of the seating options in there. Um, and so the events that we're doing are typically fairly quiet, but kind of what you said before, Dylan, though, there, in some cases there will be an instructor, you know, me maybe, or, or some guests that we'll have in. And so there will be a little bit of that, like people gathering around watching. Um, and so I know it's just not going to work to have that in the lounge during float hours, not even an option. Um, so we, we're thinking maybe we do it on our days that we're closed. If we do, you know, maintenance in the mornings and then post the event in the evening in that lounge space. Um, but we could also potentially do some meditation workshops in our salt cave. Um, I think that would be a, a pretty cool event if we do it that way. How many employees do you have? Uh, I, I, right now, my husband and I will be there a lot, um, and we are hoping to hire at least one part-timer as soon as we get open, um, and hopefully a second part-timer soon thereafter. Um, but right now, we're, I'll, I'll give a little shout here to FEMO, we're plugging that into our financial modeler and um, trying to see what makes the most sense, because turning three, three float rooms and potentially five to eight people coming in and out of the salt cave um, we're having to be really strategic about how we're staggering the start times um, so that float and salt are two totally different start cool. times. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got that piece, but um, we're looking at hopefully we'll probably need at least two part-time employees. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> so so yes. you are not working in your center initially, is that correct? Um, uh, we both will be. Um, okay. I just have to continue my consulting work a little bit longer and, yeah. and um, keep that going for a bit. But I will still be there a lot. <laughs> Got it. A okay. lot. Yeah. Um, Artofthefloat.com forward slash F-I-M-O. By the way, if you do want to check out our, our uh, tool for helping you understand your finances while you're planning your float center. And Thanks I promise Dylan, Dylan did yeah. not plug me to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but, but he'll give you that $20 later. Yes. It's okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's all good. I need it $20 to uh, work on some build-out stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But every time you mention it, by the way. Yes, Fimo, Fimo. So, but it it has been really helpful. Um, (laughs) Even you know, looking at special events and things like that. Of like, should we do these events? And and uh, yeah, yes. that's so, one of the so, things that we're we're trying to really figure out is is it worth all of the headache of this mm-hmm. planning, um, but I so, think so. When you put in your numbers into FEMO, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. do your metrics look or what are what are your what does your revenue look like when you're yeah. looking at floats, salt cave, and events? Well, this was really fascinating for us. Was um, you know we I've always been infatuated with the floating side and I mm-hmm. loved salt caves, but I never had that same passion for you know putting that in the space. But then we saw this room um, that had no other purpose and wouldn't work for anything else. And I thought, you know, this could be a perfect space for the salt cave. And so uh, we decided to do a little bit more research and put it in. And we were thinking this would be like our kind of add on, like it's nice to have and use that space since we're paying for it. Um, but until we plugged it into FEMA, we really didn't realize like exactly how much revenue. And we projected, you know, we're, we're projecting pretty conservative numbers looking at potentially a 30% occupancy on our salt caves and 40% occupancy on our float rooms. And even with that, um, the salt cave actually comes out to about 55 to 60% of our revenue. Oh, wow. Interesting. Feeding our float rooms. So because you can of get revenue. five people, uh-huh. you've got five seats at once that are being served um, throughout the day and, and they're shorter sessions. And so we're getting a lot more turnover in that salt cave. But of course, that means that we need an, you know extra hands to to help facilitate that process. Oh, sure, so, right. Yeah. Which, which would be an okay problem because you'd be that busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I do find that very interesting. I, mm-hmm. I want to scratch further onto the event portion. Yes. Um, yeah. How big is that financially for you? Um, that one is really small. Um, okay. And so um, what I'm, I'm considering is it, it does a couple of things. So because we have a lot of folks in this area who are really new to floating, um, or new to meditation and really want to learn that, um, it, it's a way for us to introduce them into the space so they can hopefully become future clients. And mm-hmm. so it's really not as much about the revenue, um, okay. it's more about the education mm-hmm. um, and how you know we could even potentially, you know, I've thought about posting some um, meditation uh, challenges if we, we've considered getting the Muse headsets and if we wanted to do um, use headsets, we can launch a challenge and people come in and we have a little kickoff meeting, they set up their profiles. Um, and then we talk about, you know, how to meditate and how that's going to help them have a better float. Um, and, you know, kind of tie it all together for them rather than looking at it as just, we're having a workshop for the sake of having a workshop. Right. Mm-hmm. Trying um, to make a buck. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do teach a lot of those sort of events already. So mm-hmm. I love getting to, to have that. And I know that if I'm doing it in another space, I won't really have the time to, um, or the motivation. (laughs) Amy, you had a question. Um, No, actually, I I think it's a really important point to bring up is always ask yourself why. Why exactly are you doing it? Because it's hard to measure if you don't know what you are trying to gain from it. And quite frankly, like the paint and chill that we did this weekend, the goal was not to make any money. In fact, I, I... I don't, I don't think I made a dime. However, it got people in who had never been in our space. Out of those 10 people, six people had never, ever, ever been in our space before. So that is gold in and of itself. And we gave them a coupon to experience um, something, one of our uh, services at a deeply discounted price. So we are basically working to get them back in and that's just the start of the chain. So. Um, you know, did, Kim, did you ever feel that you were that it was going to be part of the revenue, or is this for you a marketing and a, just a, a chance to build community? Yeah, I think a lot of it is really a lot more about the community piece. Um, you know, it, it's continuing to leverage some of those skill sets that I've already, um, you know, that I already have, but bringing people in, and um, I think it is a fine line between um, if I'm closing down basically the rest of the shop in order to facilitate that process in hopes of bringing those people back in at a future date. I don't want to lose revenue for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, it, you know, finding a way to invite people into the space is a big piece. And that's also part of the reason that we decided on the salt cave is um, we have a, a pretty big number of people now who are, it's, it's almost like we're getting a second wind because people are hearing, oh, you are going to have a salt cave too. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not into that floaty thing. Mm-hmm. 
but once they come in and they see it, then, you know, get to, to learn a little bit more about that floaty thing. And they're a little right. more apt to. And I think having those meditation and mindfulness workshops that were, or even those events where we're talking about, you know, different topics, it's like you said, Amy, it's getting people in the door. And so that's, it's almost a, a marketing, you know, an advertising cost rather right. than a revenue generator. Well, you were talking about it. It was all I was thinking about was Groupon, which, yeah. my, you know, it's say what you want to say about Groupon. What it does is it brings somebody who most likely has never floated before into your center to actually experience it. But if you actually get to bring somebody into your center and spend an hour or 90 minutes with them, talking to them, connecting with them, that's a really incredible opportunity there as well. Uh, so my question to you, since we already focused on, on the revenue not being a thing, is the use of your time. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I think the question should be uh, where is your attention going? And um, firstly, let's talk about the event itself. Is it worth your, do you have the ability to get those people into your center? Like uh, I know that you're already doing those events at other places. Are you relying on other people's marketing and uh, they're drawing people in and then you're mm -hmm. the awesome host or, mm -hmm. um, and in your new place, do you have to do all of that and then also teach? Uh, could be lifting a lot of weight, which I am not a fan of doing, but if you're already used to doing that and you are drawing people into that other space, then that seems like an easy transition for you. What would your answer be to that? Yeah, um, that's definitely something that I've considered too. Interestingly, I did a lot of the marketing for the yoga studio. Um, and so it was a 50-50, well, it wasn't quite a 50-50. As far as the advertising piece of it, it was pretty much a 50-50 effort. Um, okay. But I happened to also do contracting work to help market the yoga studio. So I was already doing that work <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay. Um, this is a very specific myself. case here. Test yeah, case. <laughs> it, that, that piece is. But, um, you know, I think a lot of the workload itself of, of the content development is already done. Um, okay. But getting clients in for those events, I have a little bit of that following that I can rely on, mm -hmm. but I would still want to be pulling in some new folks because a lot of the, the folks that I already know have heard me. They've, you know, they've, right. they've already been educated on those things and are implementing them. Um, and they're already feeling pretty comfortable about coming downstairs and seeing the space and, cool. and giving okay. coding a try. So a lot of it is really, you know, marketing to new folks. Um, and I, I, I think I'll have to do some testing just to see how much yeah. it's worth. Um, and it very well likely be something that I wait, you know, I'm not uh, doing it my first quarter, okay. second quarter. Okay. Um, You're way ahead of me. Great. Yep. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to do it this way. If you had a ton of confidence and you, like you said, you already have the processes worked out, mm -hmm. but man, giving yourself some breathing room to figure out the float thing first, mm -hmm. uh, cause it's getting a lot easier. I think running a float center, but mm -hmm. at the same time. Uh, it is a lot of work and that just will never change. Yeah. And I would hate for you guys to just burn out spinning so many new fresh plates right at once. Great, Absolutely. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I fully acknowledge that despite all of my research and everything I've ever studied and all that I've learned, ah. um, I still have no clue what I'm doing <laughs> right, when we open right. those doors that, you know, I have ideas, but I know reality is very different. So. Um, I, I'm not going into that foolishly. <laughs> you know, that's one thing, another thing that you just brought up is is how you do it. And it reminded me, there is a company here, it's a restaurant, and I think, Kim, you might have, I think you posted something on Facebook about this, but the restaurant's called Core Life, Core Life Eatery. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they have a, a community program, and every single Saturday morning, they invite people from the community to come and either teach a class or uh, they do they work with a lot of the local uh, workout spaces they'll do a workout out in the parking lot um, but every single saturday they have something and what they're doing is they're they're partnering and they partnered with us in fact we were one of the highest um uh, attended classes my father came in we did a class on fermented foods and we sampled mm -hmm. our kombucha we sampled our cheeses and what they do is they started at 10 uh 10 30 in the morning and you have an hour no it's i'm sorry it's 10 a.m and you have an hour at 11 o'clock, uh, they offer 50% off the, uh, their lunch for anyone who attended the class. So they're partnering with all different types of people, people who are uh, in the big gyms around town, people that are in the wellness center, people that are 
uh, like the uh, the chiropractors, and they're saying, hey, we'll help advertise. And they do a great job of advertising it, but they also, of course, encourage you as the person who's giving the speech to advertise it. And they are creating a huge buzz. Now, all they do is they open their doors and then give 50% off at lunch. They don't have any work to do whatsoever. They nice. don't help. They don't, mm-hmm. I mean, they help. I mean, if you need somebody to move a chair or something, they're, they're happy to do it. But they're getting a lot of benefit from a lot of people because every week they're bringing in new people from different target markets. And it's working brilliantly for them. And I think that is a franchise. Um, I think they do that as a franchise. Every Core Life eatery does it. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's a really good tip. Core Life mm-hmm. actually just opened last week um, oh. in our town. It's technically you know one town over from our float center, um, but that's a really really good tip. So thank yeah, you. reach out to them. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, one of the things that they do, we had a we had them reach out to us. They go around before they open and visit all the local businesses. They take pictures and they post it as an Instagram story, and you know like do something nice for you. Um, but they're you know, they're really great, and it's a great way to bring in people, and it's worked really really well for them. This paint and chill that I did, I worked with a local artist who's known all around town. She's been doing this for I think five years, and she brought all the supplies. All I had to do was serve up some booch and mm-hmm. set up a table, and it was it was easy and it was fun, and it exposed me to people that I hadn't hadn't met before, didn't really know what we did. And uh, yeah, I loved it. It's so beneficial. And for me, especially because I didn't have to do a whole lot of work because I'm still new too. Mm-hmm. you know I, yeah. For me to try to plan a big event would be whew, be awful. <laughs> and truly, you know Amy, that, that brings up a good point mm-hmm. too because thinking about the types of events that I've thought about hosting, you know I've been really trying to keep it pretty close to the core of um, the floating practice itself, you know, meditation and mindfulness, or even this, you know, uh, if it's a floating challenge or something that we're kicking off. So thinking about it, it doesn't make sense for my center to try to incorporate something that's, you know, as unique as painting. Um, mm-hmm. I think yours works really well. Um, having been there, I've seen the kombucha tap room and it's beautiful and you have this great lighting and wonderful space to accommodate that. So I think there also has to be some thought around the type of event um, as well, because painting in my little basement mm. wouldn't work would um, not work no it would not work um yeah yeah so. but the point of that was you know there's a lot of things that you can you can partner oh. with people that don't cause you any you don't have to prepare you don't it doesn't have it doesn't cause you a lot of work to have to do yeah. but you're right you know the other thing to think about as well you know we're talking about our space we're talking about well, how many people can we fit in how can we keep mm-hmm. it quiet we're actually planning two events out in our parking lot Mm-hmm. coming up this fall so remember you know space doesn't always right. just have to be indoors if you That's have a point. nice outdoor space or you have a park uh, at float Nashville we have no space at all but we did an event in a park right down the street there's mm-hmm. a nice little tiny park so uh, it got us yeah got us some exposure but it wasn't necessarily in our space per yeah, se there's there's actually a little tiny public park that's directly across from our front door there's a small little road where you get back to our parking lot and right across the street from us is this beautiful little park with some benches and um you know nice landscaping and water feature and and that sort of stuff so that's um we we could potentially do some events there um yeah wow cool Mm. thoughts thought bubbles (laughs) everywhere (laughs) Uh, gotta work with what you got yeah Yeah, Yeah. Amy, those are great points. <laughs> and we have a massive parking lot. Gotta Can I something. go back to the uh, um, kind of your assumptions about your float center? And, and again, this might not apply to you as much as maybe some listeners, but you did put in 40% uh, fill rate, which honestly I think is a little bit high mm-hmm. out of the gate. That made me go, ooh, ooh boy. Mm-hmm. Um, the number one thing I see from clients is the expectation that their email list is so full or they have so many likes on Facebook or whatever it is, they think all these people are gonna show up and they don't. Mm-hmm. And then there's this scramble. Now, I'm not saying that's you. I know, Kim, I know you, you plan things very well. Um, and I've seen people do so much better of telling their story throughout the whole build out and really building it up over time. And so the launch just has a lot more oomph to it. Um, but with that being said, uh, you, you, you might be going into a phase where you want 
all of your attention on mm -hmm. floats or salt salt floats but yeah. just know that every single time you add something that is divvying up your brain and the mm -hmm. amount of time you have to accomplish anything and yes. you will know just how few of those resources you have when you don't have people using your facilities and yeah. if you're also putting something else like events onto there that is going to take up a certain amount so if yours isn't to say um, generate revenue it's to generate mm -hmm. leads into your float tanks then you have to go how much time does it take for me uh, and, and attention power how much time does it take for me to manifest getting people from the ether into my float center how many of those convert into floaters and mind you those people might be more longer term floaters than just say somebody um, who, who clicks on a, on a Facebook ad but um, you know how what's the cost to getting somebody into a float tank versus creating an ad campaign that's running and filtering people in not to say you can't do both but it's just every everybody's answer is going to be different and I think it's an important one to ask yeah absolutely and I do I um, I think I misspoke earlier on my projections I had 40% on the salt cave and 30% on floats got it um, which is you know a, a much much better number even 40% on the salt cave we are a little hesitant but that's because it's you know we can get more folks in there but um, I agree wholeheartedly and that's why you know we're we're trying to plan uh, the reason that I'm so uh, curious about this right now and I'm not it's not a big focus but I'm trying to plan now of uh, what else do we need in the build out that will have an impact later? Is there anything that I need to consider right now if I decide that I wanna do these events in the future? Should I tweak something right now while I can? And it will hopefully be less costly than if I waited a while and you know, I really need a projector on that wall and <laughs> I've gotta, you know, like open the ceilings back up and do all of these oh, kind wow. of crazy things. I'm I'm not going there. That's just an example. But okay. um, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not missing anything that I would wanna accommodate or plan for, um, you know, now while I have the chance. Um, but we will definitely be waiting a little bit, um, you know, besides our open house and um, all of that, we're not going to have the capacity, especially, you know, we're looking at opening potentially the, we're hoping for a soft launch in mid-October and opening to the public in uh, end of October that could potentially get pushed into November, but boom, we're in the holidays. Right, and, uh, right. So it's it's a blessing and a curse, you know, oh, we, we will hopefully have the revenue from gift certificate sales, but still a little bit of uh, time to figure out how to actually run the place. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would say that's a really big blessing to be able to mm -hmm. make revenue through gift cards mm -hmm. while um, maybe have a soft opening or like mm -hmm. limited hours or, you know, block off a few more tanks and just figure it out. That sounds really nice to me. Mm -hmm. uh, although the phones might be pretty busy during that time as well. Um, yeah. Although maybe that's changed a little bit and, um, a lot more is happening online than over the phone, but mm -hmm. that sounds pretty good to me. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, mm, there's just so much. Uh, this is exciting. I'm excited for you. Uh, there, there's one more thing I'd like to bring up, which is um, I think a lot of what I've said is a little cagey about the idea of doing it at all. Um, but to, to go off from the other side, if you do have a strong skill set at throwing events and parties, which is not me, I need two other people in the room and I'm good, I can't accommodate anything over that. But if that's your wheelhouse, then I wouldn't want to lose the momentum on that from people who go to your events. And I would want that to keep going uh, right. as opposed to spending six months not doing that and then trying to pick up that momentum again. Yeah, it's so, ping pong. Like, do I yeah. do it, do I not, do I do it, do I not? <laughs> And I, I'll meditate on it and see what, what comes <laughs> Float up. <on> it, yeah. <laughs> cool. And Holy God. you always can't pull the plug, right? You can go like, I'm doing this and nope, this is too much. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's always possible. We've certainly done that before. And, and that was true for our events as well. We had meditation classes at our space and then just went, nah, this isn't. Mm -hmm. and, and it even it takes up, I was talking about your mental resources and your time resources. It also takes up your marketing resources as well. Are people learning about your floats? Are they learning about your salt caves? And are they are you taking out another twenty to thirty percent to teach them about your events as well, um, mm -hmm. or what they might read about or click on? So it's just this big. There's just so much going on, right? And I think that oftentimes is why you do say uh, you mentioned earlier, people are doing floats, period, and that's what they're focusing on. That that's all their marketing. Float shop is a little bit different than that. We do want to show, like, look, we have this robust 
a network of things that we can do in our space. And Amy's is definitely that <laughs> to the That's nth crazy. degree. So crazy. We need a whole episode based around how much is it is too much. <laughs> I, I, I think you could answer that very quickly. <laughs> I, I know. Sadly, I'll be the example of what not to do. No. Uh, but, Oh, no, it, it was amazing to watch. I uh, was fortunate enough to go to Amy's open house <laughs> for her grand opening That's and so cool. to watch people coming from every direction. And, you know, it was it was really cool <laughs> just to see. And I, I remember looking at my husband at one point and saying, wow, can you imagine this place on a busy day? Just what has to happen to keep that machine running? It's it's impressive just to, to, to think of that and to see just a little bit of it in action. So I'm so glad, first of all, I'm really glad Kim was there and, and we had some lovely notes from so many other float centers. So thank you all. I, I do want to take a moment and just thank everyone. Thanks Kim for being there, uh, yeah. for making that drive. That means such a huge amount to, to Mark and I. Um, and I felt so bad because, so this is how I went into the grand opening. I'm like, you know what? nobody's really responding to the to the Facebook event and I'm cool with that this is gonna be my fresh start and I really was I had a lot of peace about it. I'm like you know if even if like 20 of my friends show up I'm totally cool this is great I have my staff here from float Nashville people that I love and we had over 200 people so um, it kind of got a little crazy uh, but yeah, I mean, the reason it went so, so smoothly was because I had such a large staff there and all I could think was, I can't even get around the counter. I can't get away from the counter to go over and talk to Kim and Graham, which I wanted to do all night. Like every moment I got, I'm like, oh great. They're going to think I'm a stalker. Cause I'm like constantly coming over and I'm like sitting down. I'm like, okay, so tell me more. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't even, there was a point I just couldn't even get away from behind the bar at the, in the tap room. Uh, yeah, I, it's. It's a, it got a little crazy, and it's it's a taste of what the future could possibly be like. And, and then all I can think is, oh my gosh, this is a lot of employees. This is an awful lot of <laughs> like, oh, shut up and enjoy the moment. Ah. Jeez. Classic. <laughs> so, Classic. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, it turned it turned out fantastic, and I loved having um, Kim and Graham there. And that's so cool. You know, there's something really special about having. Um, people from the float community around. I was talking to someone uh, from the float community and they said, you know, would you mind if I came in and just kind of hung out for a few days? And I'm like, and then they're like, you know, and, if, and I'll give you a break. You know, you, can, you and Mark can go and have a day off. And I'm like, oh no, if there's someone from the float community here, we're going to be like, oh, okay, so what do you do here? And how are you doing? And tell me all about this and that. You know, we won't leave because there's something <laughs> special about having someone floaty around. That's, um, that's a pretty precious moment. So yeah, you can come okay. and hang out all you want, but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're just going to stalk you. That's all. That's all. I, Kim, you didn't just go to the grand opening. You floated there, didn't you? I did, yeah. So please judge, uh, judge Amy's float center. Oh. I want the full review. <laughs> oh, Give me that no. full Yelp. No. It was amazing. <laughs> so uh, my husband and I decided, number one, I really wanted to, uh, to float in the opening pool um, and, you know, to be able to see all of the amazing tanks that Mark has built. Mm. Um just to see those firsthand. And so picking which one was hard, but I knew I wanted the open float and I saved, you know, the trip just to go there for that reason. And then uh, when I realized my husband was going to get to come with me, it was the moment of like, I'll be honest, I was being a little selfish of, oh man, do I like <laughs> offer to let him Oh, funny. Do I not? Um, and then I, you know, we haven't, we haven't had that experience together. And, uh, so we, we agreed, you know, we, we talked about it. I was like, okay, we could just book separate rooms. There's plenty of space there for us to, to have our own floats. Um, and we uh, decided to try the couple's float. And I mean, it was absolutely wonderful. I've heard such mixed reviews, especially in the float community. A lot of people are really passionate about um, the float experience should be done alone, period. Um, and then there are a lot of folks who have said, you know, that uh, they have a significant portion of their revenue coming in as couple floats and, and that's a huge part of their clientele. So, um, and that obviously a lot of people love it and I've heard, you know, float owners, the same thing. So we really just went into it like, eh, we want to try the tank and like we want the open pool just to see what that is. And we ended up having just such a really awesome float. Um, you know, I mean, a build out experience can be challenging and, uh, 
so it was nice to take a little breather and uh, just jump straight into the tank. And, and we were so floaty afterwards that, uh, you know, Amy came over and tried to talk a couple of times. And she's like, oh, you guys just got to have a float, you know. <laughs> we're, nice. we're just kind of like, hey, <laughs> It works. <laughs> it works. Yeah. But it was wonderful. And um, I think they've done such a great job there of keeping the air quality and the temperature was just perfect. And wow. I know that that's a huge challenge in open pools. Nice. But yeah, for sure. High five on that. It was, um, it, it was perfect. It, we were both super comfortable and breathing was wonderful. It, it was just a, a really, really awesome float experience. Great three-star so, review. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love Yay, that's so exciting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good that work, Amy. That's Thanks. so cool. Oh, awesome. It was, it was great. It's all Mark. Mark did a great job. He, man, I, sometimes I doubt him so much in his ability to do <laughs> tags. I'm like, are you sure? Are you really sure? I'm not not comfortable with you. And then it always turns out perfect. And, wow. and these tanks, he did such a great job. Such a fantastic job. I'm so uh, proud. Can we see nice pictures of them on the website? Uh, of our tanks? Yeah, you could go to our float page. There's there's okay. uh, pictures of each tank. And also, I have pictures of us, Kim, that I, I haven't posted yet uh, from the event. So I'll send some of those up, too, so we have some, you know, because if we didn't get pictures, it didn't happen. So I'll That's send some it. of those over to you, Graham. To put, or Graham. Right. I don't know why I just called you Graham, because <laughs> I'm looking at Kim. Kim and Graham. Uh, to you, Dylan, for the... Um, oh. For the blog, for the podcast. Yes, hey, how about I just stop right now? It's been a long day. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, I think we did pretty good considering, all right? Yeah. Another three-star episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kim, do you feel satisfied with the feedback we've given this evening? I do. Yes, I appreciate it very much. And, and to everybody in the Float Collective who chimed in as yeah. well, it's it's really cool. It's just like anything in the float world. There is no right, no wrong. Mm-hmm. It's finding what is really, really best for you and your center. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of folks get really hung up on trying to find, like, the best answer. But there isn't one. Um, there There isn't the best for everyone, but there's something for you. And. Um, I love all of the different perspectives, and it's given me definitely some great nuggets to think through, and um, and especially really questioning why am I doing this? Is it is it going to be? I know the motive is solid and good, but is it also going to give me the payoff that I'm hoping for? Mm-hmm. And is it a big enough exchange um, to do that? So, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So thank you all. Wonderful. I, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Before we go, I want to give a few thanks. First to you, Kim. Thanks so much for writing the show notes. <laughs> and Oh, nice. You wrote all the notes already. Wow, I think you're cheating. You have to listen to the whole episode again. Yeah. Um, Hearing I, my voice is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of faith in Kim's build-out and starting of her business, just having worked with her on Art of the Flow and show notes stuff. Uh she is the one nagging me for audio files. She's nagging me for more information, which is the way I like it. I hate it when other people fail me. That is the most annoying thing in the world when people don't know their limits or, you know, lose track of things. But I, um, not that I want to be that person, but I way prefer it being the opposite way. And she's just so on the ball. I have a ton of faith in what you're going to do, Kim. So um, congrats on your opening very soon. Beyond that, I also want to thank one of our sponsors, Float Away, Jenny and Colin at Float Away. That that float safety board at the float conference was so freaking cool, and it is such a no-brainer that this is a piece of safety equipment that should exist. It's not a life preserver that should be on the walls of our float tanks. It is one of these safety boards that should be in the hallway so that in case of an emergency, we can get somebody out of a float tank into a safe environment while taking care of them. And this is available from FloatAway. In addition to, you know, of course, they make these incredible float tanks. We have the Tranquility float tank at our float center with starlights in the ceilings. It's an incredibly friendly float tank for people. They also do very large float tanks, 8 foot in diameter, now a 10 foot in diameter, uh, named the Serenity float tank by Dr. Feinstein, which he does have two of the 8 foot uh, diameter float tanks out of Liber. 
But uh, these guys are doing incredible things and continuing to innovate. That one really came out of left field for me and absolutely makes sense for me. So floataway.com is where you want to go. And go ahead and mention that uh, we sent them your way. Doesn't hurt. And uh, in closing, thanks to everybody for listening. It means the world to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. At the $10 level, everybody's getting picture sets every month that they can use for their marketing, uh, whether that's web backgrounds, uh, social media, email blasts, whatever, however you want to use them. Uh, we really love that you guys are using them, and it's only 10 bucks a month. It's pretty cool. We are also available for consulting at artofthefloat.com forward slash consulting. If this episode left you with more questions uh, than answers, we could continue to deep dive into that. And uh, I think that's just about it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We truly appreciate it. Remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week.